It's, it's going to deny access to the courts for homeowners who are going to be scared to pursue their case against a multi-billion dollar company. It is, and people will look at it in the public and go, it seems to make sense until they have to battle their insurance company and see the ramifications of, of what they're really doing. They're smart about it. They're going to frame it the right way. That personal relationship is going to become more important. I think people value that authenticity, as we said, um, of, of sitting across from somebody. But I know my first one is people are all oh, hell you know, we're gonna need more and more social media. Yeah, but I think there's some people out there that are valuing I or saying, I need to step away from this so much. What's up, advocates? Welcome back to another episode of the Claims Game Podcast. Not the commercial claims show. The commercial claims show is our YouTube show, which the commer- the claims game podcast is on. But I don't want to confuse you because I'm very excited about today's guest. Patrick Carr. Patrick Carr is the host of the Patrick Carr Show, and he's the owner of Blue Collar Media Group. Great episode because we really talk about marketing, social media, how to get your name out there, how to get your brand out there, and how to really be recognized in whatever industry that you're in. I personally love it because this is what I do when it comes to social media and the YouTube show and everything. So we have a great conversation, but also he's actually very relevant in the roofing industry and in the restoration industry. And he was at Hurricane Ian just a couple days in Sandoval Island after it hit. He made an amazing uh, video about his time there, and he's just got some a really great take on sort of the restoration industry. He's got a great take uh, on the future of our industry, and then on top of that, he's just a great guy, really, really fun to talk to. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation, so if you can, please um, take some time to listen to Patrick Carr on the Claims Game Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to the Claims Game Podcast with Vince Perry. Get all the tips you need from insurance claim advocates and professionals and grow your public adjusting career to the next level. And now the commercial claims advocate, Vince Perry. Very excited because we have a very special guest today. Somebody I consider a friend now in the industry because we've seen each other at pretty much every freaking uh, conference that there is. Uh, very heavily involved in social media, content creation, and the roofing industry. Patrick, welcome to the show, man. Additional living expenses is one of the most difficult parts of an insurance claim. And the reason is, is it's very high pressure. And as a public adjuster or contractor, you're already dealing with the negotiating of the build back process. You don't want to have to deal with ALE as well. Black Diamond Housing Services does all of that. They don't even charge the client. They bill it directly to the insurance company. It's all covered under the ALE coverage. So you need to call Black Diamond if you have a house that has been severely lost, whether it's like severe mold, severe water, fire, anything like that, where they need a place to stay, Call Black Diamond Housing Services and they'll be able to take care of your client from beginning to end. Photographs are the most important piece of documentation on an insurance claim. And I used to take photos on my phone like anything and I used to throw them onto a drive and that's all it was. Company Cam has streamlined and made this process so much easier I can't even begin to describe. Everything is labeled. You label them how you want to label them. You could order them how they're actually taken and then you could label them and put them wherever you want. But my favorite part is being able to write on the actual photo, have arrows, have circles, have boxes of the actual damage because sometimes you just see a photo and you don't even know where the damage is. This allows you to do that. The guys at Company Cam are fantastic. I've been using Company Cam for a long time and we use it at Elite Resolutions and I suggest that you use it too. Get Company Cam. Man, I really appreciate it, Vince. It's good to see all of your success with your show, your book. I mean, I'm not sure what it is that you don't do, bro. Conferences. I mean, damn. You always say that. You always say that. Look who's talking over here, Patrick. You do a lot of shit too, man. That's the only way that we can keep up in today's day and age. Am I right or wrong? You got to keep going. You got to keep grinding. You got to have several different avenues of income. You got to have several different streams of income and several different streams of media outlets because there's just so much available. You got to be on all of them. Yeah, and it's and it's always changing, you know. And you ask everybody, the debate, you know, continues. Where should I put my money and my videos? And what's what's the best way to build a brand? And you know, I think that that'll be an argument people have for a lot of years to come. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious now. In my opinion, maybe it's not obvious. You give me your opinion, but social media is where it's at. You got to try to be on all of them as much as you can. You can't just say, I'm not into social media. I don't like, so that was such a conversation, maybe like what, five or even 10 years ago. But come on, if, if you're still saying that you're just being left behind. Yeah. I think that people have to realize that they have to be omnipresent on all of them because you're the person you're trying to reach. You don't know what their favorite app is. Let's just say they're an Instagram person. They're going to go where they're comfortable. So if you're not present on Instagram, then you're losing a potential customer. You could say the same for YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of them. 
be omnipresent so you reach the most and most amount of people. Right. Exactly. So you have to be on all of them. But how does one do that? People are always telling me, I see you everywhere. I don't know how you do it. You must be in so many different places at one time. I have a way of doing it, but I'm asking you the question. You're the guest on the show. How do you do it? And how would you suggest somebody goes about that doing that? Well, the first thing you have to realize is why haven't they done it? That's the first thing I ask my clients. And then they have to be real with themselves. Well, I haven't had time. Well, that's BS. You've had time. And so I don't know what to create. Yeah, you do. You watch other people's content. You could figure it out very quickly. Most of the time, Vince, what I find is that the problem is internal, that they really are scared of the judgment. They're scared of something that's on the other side. Once somebody honestly takes a look at that and they're real with themselves, then either one, they can receive coaching for it, or two, they they let go of the power that might have over them. Um, So first, why haven't you done it? You know you should. You know what you should do. Don't tell me you can't buy the equipment. You have an iPhone in your hand. Um, and so then it be, then the, the more technical comes, but I believe that is the first step towards getting to a place where you've got a brand online. Well, when I was studying a lot about it through YouTube University, of course, um, it was always, that's what they would always say, right? It's like, you know, you had that excuse before the iPhone came out or maybe not before the iPhone came out, but before the cameras became so freaking good where, you know, we've talked about this before. Cause I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a geek when it comes to cameras and microphones and all that stuff too. But I mean, let's face it. Like a lot of times, sometimes the resolution you're going to get on your phone is going to be better than some of these cameras. And it's not even that it's just so much less work too. Right. Because if you know how to work a camera, it actually takes more work because you're going to work it on manual. You're going to be adjusting the lighting and you're going to be adjusting the lighting and the F stop and everything like that to make sure you're good in a camera. You just take that shit out and you just do it. And what I've noticed is I do believe that I get more engagement from that more grainy, maybe not grainy, but maybe just that more natural type shot of me walking around or whatever, like on selfie mode or whatever it is, than I do in an actual professional environment. Yeah, the the authenticity that people receive when you almost seem like you're live and you're doing it. And I think that's because when you go in that position where you're losing your phone, I think you're showing somebody you care less about the way that you look and more about the message that they're receiving. And people interpret that as authenticity. And I think that's why you get so much more views or maybe interaction with a video like that. So tell me about yourself, Patrick Carr. Mm -hmm. Tell me something that I maybe don't know about why you are uh, considered an expert in talking about this before we continue on this subject. So tell me a little bit about Patrick. Tell me how you became uh, owner of Blue Collar Media Group and the host of the Patrick Carr Show. I appreciate the question, man. It started sober October. Um, what would it be two years ago, sober October? Um, and what I decided to do is I do this for a number of years. Along with sober October, I do an activity that month that takes me out of my comfort zone, something that I think would benefit me. For instance, I'll do one, um, you know, one thing that makes me uncomfortable every day. Like I went hiking or I went, I choose a day where, um, you know, I did kayaking or I hike a trail like I did that one year where it was just kind of little things that made me uncomfortable. That particular year, two years ago, I did a tie makes sense where each day I put on a necktie and no shirt and I sat in front of an iPhone camera and talked about a subject that was controversial in the public. I seriously talked about politics or talked about, I would never do that today, Um, but no shirt and a necktie for 31 days straight. Um, And what I wanted to do was I thought to myself, I'm not comfortable in front of a camera, but I see where things are going. If I can actually think and learn to not judge myself or the comments that are going to come in with a shirt and a necktie, I'm pretty sure I can put on a polo and be somewhat impactful. Um, And so that's what we did. I I have one video left of it. I sit there sitting there. I just looked at the other day. It was pathetic and awful, but it started me on the journey to create content. Doesn't matter what you look like get it out there and then do it over and over again consistently. Things that are uncomfortable in the four hour work week, Tim Ferriss talks about, I think he talks about doing things like laying down in the middle of a public place, or he mentioned some other things as well. And how that sort of goes to, you know, having, you're going to be faced with uncomfortable situations all your life. But I think what you said is very interesting because you did that because of the fact that you don't, 
I'm sure you much better now. At the time, you didn't feel comfortable in front of the camera. You didn't feel comfortable talking to the camera because I would have to say that that's probably the number one reason why people don't start a YouTube channel. They don't start doing social media content. So I like that you mentioned that because I think it's a common fear uh, that everybody always has, but they don't like the sound of their voice. They don't like how they look and they, all these things. When really, really the other person watching it, really, they don't give a shit. They just want it to be valuable. Well, I, I tell my clients, and you, you've probably heard me say this before, that if you're comfortable talking to a piece of glass, metal, and plastic, you've got an issue. That's why Hollywood is so messed up. <laughs> you shouldn't be comfortable doing that. And again, by admitting I'm not comfortable with that, you should probably tell yourself it means you're a decent person. Um, when I get a client that sits there in front of them, they're natural. I'm like, okay, what am I working with here? Um, because an egomaniac. Be, yeah. A, like some kind of like messed up in the head. Um, but nobody is because you shouldn't be. And then the sooner you understand that, like any other muscle or any other sport, you've got to practice at it. Then you're like, okay, this isn't natural. I just have to practice. And then that's when you start to make an incremental improvement and you get better at it. So all the lady public adjusters want to know where they could find this uh, necktie, no shirt, Patrick Car show. No, it's on my phone. And that's where it's <laughs> actually, no, it's on my Instagram right now. Oh, uh, you got to put it out there. It's, it's put it out there. I think it's like maybe a month ago. I saw it and I did put it out there. I said two years ago on the dot is what I said. Um, and it's right there for people to look at with an ugly background, piss color wall. Um, it's, uh, it's something interesting. All right. This is going out on the podcast. So Milan, Georgie, I want you to put a clip of it right now in the show. Um, what was this year's Sober October, by the way? What was the uncomfortable you think you did this year? 31 days of no. Um, it comes off of a Yale study that a woman put on 100 days of no, where she would take people into her class. I thought it was a beautiful thing. And challenges them each day to go out to hear the answer no. Meaning, for instance, I walk into Starbucks and you say, hey, listen, I want a white mocha, whatever. And then you say, but I want to make it. Can I come behind the counter and make the white mocha? They're going to go, no, you can't do that. But it gets you used to hearing the answer no. Too many people don't want to do something or don't ask for what they want, afraid that they're going to hear no. So if you do it 31 days or 100 days, as this lady did for a semester, like, for instance, one of the activities you could choose from was go to a firehouse and ask him to slide down the pole. Um, what you find, though, and this is weird, you get more yeses than what you would think. And that's the activity. You're so used to thinking you're going to hear no based on the story that you tell yourself. When you go in front of people, they actually are willing to do if you just ask them. Um, like I asked for groceries free, like $60 worth. And they're like, no, what? No, we can't. I was like, well, and you're supposed to back up the no within like another question. I said, well, I really need these groceries. And the lady goes, hold on, let me just get a manager. Manager comes over and offers a 25% discount. No. Um, and I'm like, okay, I didn't get the yes that I wanted, but just by asking, I got a better deal than what I was otherwise going to get. Um, so a hundred days of no uh, to make yourself uncomfortable was, uh, yeah, that was what we were looking at. That is awesome. Yeah. That's the coolest thing I've heard on this podcast so far. It's pretty cool, man. It really what? is. Hundred days of no. You can go to look it up. It's got a great YouTube video about it as well. So it's a is it a book or it's a video? It's a video where they talk about it. The the lady who did it is I think Yale, if I remember correctly. She challenges her students and they were saying that, you know, the, the firehouse finally just start started just messing with kids who would come by. Because every semester, 30 kids would come by trying to slide down the pole. Um, after they caught wind of it, they made it a little more difficult on the kids to get their yes. Um, awesome. But That's yeah, awesome. Cool stuff. What would you say? And again, this show always takes turns that I never really see, see, see where it goes. But we're talking about these things, how you're like, try to go out of your comfort zone. And I love stuff like that. What are some of the things that you would say is kind of a deep question, but what are some of the things that you think are the reason for your success? And I mean, not like your history or anything like that. We don't have to get into that. But like, what are the things, what are some of the things that you do, right? Or that you've been doing for the past couple of years to really get you on this road towards what I think is, is, is very successful, my friend. What is it? What are some of the things that you do and some of the things that you've been doing for the past couple of years for those who are just trying to really just, you know, get out of their comfort zone and, and get better? I date the person in front of me. And then I, I tell this to people, when I sit down to talk to somebody and I'm going to do a podcast or I'm out there creating content with them, I'm dating the person in front of me. When you... I have when I first time I'll do a podcast with some people, they'll, well, do we kind of have a script? What, what questions are we going to ask? What are you going to ask me about? And I look at them and go, if you were, if I was on a date 
with that person? Do you need a script for a date? No, you're going to be so interested in listening to that person in front of you. You're not thinking about, well, I've got to ask question number three and about what they do and what about, uh, I'm lost. Because if you listen, if you give a crap about the person in front of you, and that is it, then I think the rest falls into place. Whether I'm creating content or I got somebody on the show, you do this work very well, Vince. You do it in your personal life extremely well. Um, I've had you know broken bread with you. So you do it very well. You're present and listening to the person in front of you like you're on a date with them. And if you continue to date them throughout the conversation, it usually goes pretty well. Uh, I forgot what it was. Was it Gandhi or something? I, I, I write it as affirmations almost on a daily basis. Be a blessing to all those that you meet. And I mean, maybe that's a little bit extreme, but I think every single person that you come in contact with, you got you have to give them your full attention. And that goes back to, right? That goes back. That's Buddhism. That's staying present. That's focusing on the moment. That's actually, you know, caring or giving a shit about what the other person across from you is saying. Uh, you know, I personally, I think, I, I think, this has been this is suited really well for me because I'm actually very interested in people because I think everybody has their own unique story, no matter how good or bad a person. I mean, I'm a strong believer that most people are good, uh, but everybody's got a story. And I realized that when I started going to all these conferences, I didn't start going to all these conferences till probably about two years ago when I started the YouTube show and everything. I said, all right, I got to get out there. Let's do what I got to do. And I had this weird stigma about super hyper successful people that it was like handed to them or they got lucky or, you know, what is they, they don't deserve what they have. Like, it was just this weird thing I had in my head. And as I got to meet more of these super hyper successful people and just anybody in general, dude, do we all started at the bottom, man? Everybody starts at the bottom. Everybody starts at the bottom and they have to grind their way up there and they have to, to become successful. And even the ones that started at the top, they went through fucking hell most likely to get where they're at today. And I just find that fascinating. And that's why, yeah, people are cool, man. I like, I like, well, I like this. Another example of that is you had a guest in your show, Richie Kidwell, who I happen to, sh- I have my office in the same building as his. And it was funny you say that because three times, I want to say three times this week, there's a parking lot out here. Richie's probably got, I got six or so people here. Richie's probably got 55, 60 mm-hmm. in the office. And last two times or three, maybe two, maybe three, um, we were the last ones to leave. So me and Richie, you know, kind of give you their fist pump and be like, yep, last ones again. Um, and you don't see that, you know, we, we see it in each other. Um, but people don't see, you know, Richie's success as, oh man, he's just really smart. No, no, no. You don't see what he's, I'll pull in here. His truck is here before me. I've, he pulls in, I'm a little bit before him. And that's before anybody. That's, that's the stuff people don't understand. There's something behind that. It really, there really is. I was listening to Rogan. Did you did you hear the Rogan uh, Goggins podcast episode yet? Oh yeah, man. Is it the new one or the old one? No, it's a new one. Oh shoot, no, I haven't. Don't Goggins just he just has he just came out with a new book. I'm going to shout it out right now because he's just so awesome. It's called Never. It's called Never Finished. <clears throat> new the book by David else. Goggins. So he was on uh, he was on um, on on Rogan, but Rogan mentions oh. how he he hears. Again, super successful people say that they shouldn't be here. They shouldn't be here when they win the championship in USC. You know, I shouldn't be here right now because of everything that I went through. And it's and it's and it's almost it's it's just because of the amount of work that it takes to get any kind of success. So back to our actual topic, which which we should be talking about and content and all that stuff. It's don't give me that shit. You know what my new thing is now is when somebody tells me I used to accept the answer. I don't accept it anymore. I don't read books because. I, books aren't my thing. I don't accept that answer anymore. I used to just be like, all right, maybe books aren't your thing. It's like, no, there's so many different ways that you could get information that you got to read books, audiobooks, whatever it is, just get fucking better every day and grind it. Yeah. And, and there's audiobooks for the exact same thing as a podcast for the most part. So if you want to listen to an audiobook, I mean, go listen to the information, however you want to consume that information. But I find the most powerful thing about reading and writing is what you mentioned earlier. It's, it's that opportunity. It's thinking it's you know, a chance to step away, to get in your own head. Those are things that books can do for you. Um, but, you know, hey, everyone's got their own excuses to why they don't do it. Patrick, my audience is mostly public adjusters. We've been talking about social media content, different things like that. But I know that you have been very, uh, you've you've been on the, on, 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 in the ground there um, over in uh, where the hurricane hit. 
I know you yeah, were there. Well, you created a lot of content. Tell me about that experience. Cause I know you went out there with, um, uh, Candace, Candace, yeah. uh, the attorney, and you did yeah. some stuff there. You were there like the day after, I don't know how the hell you got there, but you created some very interesting content that I actually shared on my social media because I thought it was really cool. Uh, tell me about your experience after hurricane Ian and what you saw. Yeah. The, the reason we headed out there was actually to work with a client of ours who canceled um, they were working with a couple contractors in Fort Myers and my whole team was down there. And we just kind of said, what if we just tried this? We're here. Um, showed up at a dock because you couldn't get there by car. Just so happens. I went up to the lady looking to find a boat over. I was just trying to hop on a boat, find it in front of me on in front of her. As I looked down, like over a counter, I got a Candace Colucci business card right there. And I, I was like, oh, I know her. And uh, she goes, oh, yeah, she was just in here. I said, really? I, I run out, I find her, and uh, we find a boat, and I, I head on over there with her. Um, and it started the journey of going back there a few times to Sanibel Island to discover what had happened there. And here's the reason why, Vince, for your, for your viewers. When, when these tragedies happen, the government, governors, vice presidents, whoever, are quick for their photo op to get in there. And they get in, and everyone feels like it's all under control. But what happens when they leave or that lives are still just beginning the battle of getting back to normal. Um, Sandoval Island will be in construction for five, five to 10 years before it's ever reasonably good again. And so we're doing a secondary documentary on this called the forgotten life after Ian. And we've been, we've been in mobile home parks. We've been to HOA board meetings um, and we've been to town halls and the story is the same Vince. And I know your, your viewers know this. It's a long drawn out, unnecessarily tedious process with carriers as they prolong and deny claims for homeowners that literally have 13 foot swells that have hit their home. There is zero reason for this. And it's fortunate that we have adjusters to watch your show because these people need help. They need advice. It is unnecessary because there was once a time I'm from Miami where we had hurricane Andrew, where the insurance companies would sit out there and they would cut checks and they would go and they would just write checks right there in person. And I can't, I can't pinpoint the time where that all just sort of shifted and it just became very, very, very difficult to get any kind of traction against the insurance company. And it is weird that we've got some claims that are just, I've got one that they're giving this lady such a hard time. A giant tree went straight through this house and we're at almost three months and she has not received a single payment. And he's asking me for photos of what it looked like before, because he's concerned that the mitigation company that went out there didn't do the job they were supposed to. So he wants to see proof that there was actually water damage inside before they tore everything out. Well, guess what? All that stuff's already been provided to him. All those photos already been provided to him. But because it's gone from one, two, three, and now four desk adjusters, it's like, the whole thing is just a giant mess. I don't get it. I give you an example here. This is honest example. Last time for Senate Bill 76 and then continued from there. Mr. Bigsby, guide Hurricane Michael had his home just torn apart. Um, they continued to deny his claim. In the meantime, the man, older gentleman, had nowhere to go. I saw him, I saw him at every meeting in Tallahassee trying to plead his case for someone to pay attention to him. Um, both Richie and I met him there. The gentleman had no choice but to live in his home, to which his, his wife elderly as well, um, had some black mold that entered the home, breathed it in, got a lung infection and died. Now, people are like, well, that's a tragic story. The more tra just as tragic is when he steps foot last year after his dead wife still doesn't have the claim taken care of and is testifying in front of that, the Senate. And I'm sitting there and literally, and I'm, I'm going to shout out to Richie again because he came big after this. He's telling the Senate about his situation. His wife is dead. And all you see the Senate up there doing is texting on their phone, not even looking at the guy, doesn't even care. And if people believe that we, we are in a winning battle right now, you have to understand last year, approximately 43 million was given from carriers over to politicians. Our group, about 2 million. These, wow. people, these people don't care. And in Richie's defense, Richie came up after them and said, you know, how dare all of you? You never hear, did you, any of you hear what this guy said? Um, and those are the kind of people that we are truly battling in legislation here. Um, these stories are not one-offs. Um, it's just the people that are willing to, to show up and try to make a difference. We got a special session coming up next week. Um, and attorneys, adjusters, and contractors are going to get sl slammed next week. I'm telling you, we ever, I mean, you've probably seen what's, what's coming out next week. It's not going to be good. 
And I, I'm, about, I'm about to record a podcast on that. It will not be good. People need to be prepared. Well, what's your opinion? What do you think? Well, I think that attorneys are going to take the biggest hit. I think what they're going to do is right now in the state of Florida, um, attorneys can bring cases against carriers without any worry for their homeowner that's bringing the case. I think they're going to institute a 25% rule, meaning that if the attorney who's prosecuting the case does not receive 25% of what they ask for, then the individual homeowner is on hook for the defense's attorney fees. Now, people on the, this is great. It's such a great job by them to twist the story, Vince, because what they're going to say is everybody thinking about that is going to go, oh, well, that makes sense. 25%. I mean, if an attorney can't get that, they shouldn't be bringing a case against the state. Let's solve some of that legislation out there that, you know, all that stuff that's fraudulent. But what it really will do is it will scare a homeowner because they look at it and go, I could owe 14 grand. Well, uh, I don't think so. Even if they've got a strong case, what if a case gets dismissed on technicality? You're on the hook, 14 grand or whatever it costs that they want to charge you. And by the way, still your home isn't fixed. So now you owe your insurance company and your home isn't fixed. So it's going to have a, it's, it's, it's going to deny access to the courts for homeowners who are going to be scared to pursue their case against a multi-billion dollar company. It, it's, and people will look at it in the public and go, it seems to make sense until they have to battle their insurance company and see the ramifications of, of what they're really doing. They're smart about it. They're going to frame it the right way. Which is what they're trying to do. They're trying to scare anybody from filing a claim. I mean, that's ultimately yeah. what it is. I, I talked to uh, uh, Grant Rocket with Apex yesterday. And Grant, you know, has the financial ability to go ahead and cover those costs if you do, you know, bring that. And I think that's what large companies may do. Is that's good. Their home. I love it. I hope that attorneys, the big boys out there, maybe will do the same. Um, it'll put a lot of pressure on them to make sure you do dot your I's and cross your T's. But some of the smaller contractors, your two to $5 million guys, they're not going to have the ability to do that. So I think that will be the biggest change. It doesn't look like they have an appetite for AOBs. I don't think that will happen. But I think you can see a big change in how attorney fees work next week. I'm concerned about our our PA fee <clears throat> after yeah. a storm. I'm concerned about that one. I've I've been hearing several things about that. We're already we're already cut in half to 10%. And I'm concerned that they're thinking about maybe 5%. Richie mentioned something the other day about a step ladder where it's like, if you're door knocking, like the next day, you could only charge 1%. Then the day after that, 2%, 3%, all the way to 10 days after. So basically you're, you're screwed having to wait at least, you know, 10 days or so to get out there. Yeah. I mean, the, the how stupid our legislature is. I mean, you've got to look at what they did the last in 2D and 4D. They get rid of the 25% rule, but they keep the matching rule. It was the dumbest piece of legislation I've ever seen. Um, I mean, why? It doesn't, you just, all we'll do is just switch everything to matching then. So take that away, but leave the other one. It shows me the people that are making the laws don't understand the real problem at hand. Um, and, you know, that's, that's to me is, is really unfortunate because um, they're just doing what they're told by their lobbyists. You're pretty heavily involved in the roofing industry. What's what changes have you seen over the past couple of years and with the Senate bills and with all the different things here in Florida? Big picture, I see smaller companies being gobbled up left and right because they don't want to be in the industry anymore in Florida. Um, you know, you have a lot of these big entrepreneurial, let's call them, you know, funding type things, and these groups get together and they go in there and let's just say they invite people down to the Dominican Republic, or they bite people down to the Caribbean. And there's nothing against that, but they take roofing contractors and, hey, listen, guys, you know, do you really want to deal with all this stuff? <laughs> um, and they've been demonized so much by every time you turn on the news, they're the problem. Homeowners think they're the problem. Some of these guys just want to get out. And so I see now and in the future, a consolidation of contractors across the state of Florida to where you're going to have some of the big boys. They're going to be the only ones with the money to be able to battle big insurance and to be able to satisfy what the homeowners are looking for. Interesting. Interesting. Do you see a shift of roofers going away from the restoration industry and just doing solar and new builds and all that stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's still a good number of guys who love insurance. I mean, they're always going to be those guys who are the storm, quote unquote, storm chasers, but they love insurance. They love the game of it. People love that stuff. But surely, Vince, absolutely. You've seen more people trying to go to a, you know, a lump sum model or moving into, you know, more of the cash model and learning how to sell that. The problem from going from an insurance to cash model is you've been fat and happy getting $500 deductibles for whole roofs. Much more difficult to sell a $23,000 roof than a $500 deductible. Right, right. 
Patrick, tell me about you and your Patrick Car Show and Blue Collar Media Group and some of the services you provide. Sure. Um, Blue Collar Media Group was started completely out of necessity. I was with a funding group, uh, funding contractors on a Wednesday. I wasn't happy and hadn't been paid in a few months. They were screwing over some contractors. So at that time, I quit when I learned what they were doing. I quit after not being paid. I was about $50,000 in credit card debt and not a dollar to my name. Um, so as soon as I did that, the girl I was dating at the time, she said, what the heck are you doing? Just what do you plan on doing? I don't know. But I'm not doing that anymore. A day later, I started Blue Collar Media Group because it's the only thing I could find that made sense. Um, I'll tell you, Vince, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I started creating content for contractors. First day I showed up to my first contractor in Jacksonville. I, I had never worked a camera. I never edited a video. At my previous company, I had a person that did that for me. But since I'm not with them and I have no money, I had none of that. So I remember I showed up to this guy. I'll leave him unnamed. And he's like, well, where's your camera, a tripod, anything? And I'm like, <laughs> I told the guy, I was like, well, actually today, the, how I start off every contract, I said, since I had been so much experience, I said, first thing I like to do is show you how to use your cell phone to create content. And that's how I'd like to present to your reps this morning. Now, given my car broke down on the way there, um, now they had to send me a car to pick me up at a rest stop on I-4. Um, I had zero money to my name, zero, not a credit card, not anything two years ago. Um, at the end of that day, I struggled my way through a presentation. They gave me a $4,500 check. I bought a camera, a cheap lens, and a cheap tripod and downloaded a program on my phone to edit video because I thought that would be the easiest way. Um, and that started Blue Collar Media Group, one hell of a, a media group to begin with. What were you using to edit videos on your phone? Because I love uh, when I, I like Rush from Adobe. Yeah, Power Director is what I've used forever. Um, Power Director, again, one of the big things Power Director added, which is, in my opinion, the best feature they've added, is uh, captions. People, captions are very tough because you can get one that are all in the same format. And the, no, this one allows you to actually change in video formats, placement. You can all, do all sorts of stuff, different coloring, lettering, highlights. Very rare for an app. So I, I love that it does editing and captions all in one. Power Director. Power Director. Um, like what, since for those of you that don't know, you need to, if you're going to start thinking about coming out with social media content, you can definitely hire somebody like Patrick to help you do that, or you could hire whoever it is to help you do that. But in the beginning, you tell me yes or no, Patrick, you got to start on your own, right? Got to do it Sometimes. yourself. Yeah. What are some of the cool little easy tools that people could download or people could use uh, if they want to really start trying to generate and, uh, and generate content? As this name power director, I'm going to give one that people don't think about with video is Canva. Um, everyone thinks about Canva for picture but they don't realize you can resize your videos in Canva and it tells you Instagram reel. You mm -hmm. put your video in there, drag it till it resizes, add some cool stuff, maybe a border. I mean, you can do a lot with it. Um, and I love Canva now. Um, I felt so proud the other day. They sent me like a little email, like you're in the 1% of Canva users. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> That's um, awesome. And so, but Canva's one. Um, it, let me, well, now you tell me, I look at my phone for the other ones. I think um, I put you on the spot. No, there's another one I really like. Um, I just remember the last time we are uh, we were having dinner or something like that. You were you were, you showed me like three or four different things, and I thought it was cool. Yeah, the, I mean, you've got if you wanted to do mix mix captions, there that's another good one for captions for people. Very simply, it transcribes them for you, so you don't have to do really any work to get it done. Um, and then I'll tell you something else I would do if I was people and I wanted to get started. Download YouTube a, a YouTube downloader. Um, now people are like, well, why would I download YouTube videos? Um, it's not for, it, as you put videos to YouTube, or if you want, what I do is I download my, if I see it up there, I can download somebody else's video or I can download my own. And then I can use clips from that video in my own. So you're not pulling it like a screenshot off of YouTube. Um, as you begin to do more long form content, that becomes a little easier, but a YouTube downloader, which is just a simple Google search can be beneficial too. Favorite YouTuber. Besides commercial claims advocate, of course. Oh, obviously, man. I mean, I follow all your stuff, but I really do. I mean, I really do, but that's just besides the point. Um, Johnny Harris, number one. Um, if he is now the standard when it comes to documentaries. Johnny um, Harris. Johnny Harris was and is who we model. If you want to look at the best quality video and documentaries that are by far the most interesting 20 to 30 minute documentaries he comes out with, 
it's unbelievable what that guy does. Um, I think his most popular one continues to be why ice cream machines at McDonald's are always broken. Um, and incredible documentary. Um, but yeah, Johnny Harris, if you want to learn the standard, in my opinion, of YouTube documentaries, Johnny Harris is the guy. I'm a Casey nice, nice, that guy, man. I love that guy. Okay. This stuff is so good, man. Yeah. And he's, I'm so happy that he moved back to New York and he's coming out with stuff again. It's, it's just the awesome. Best. Where do you Absolutely. see the future here of, uh, of social media content of, a virtual, we'll call it virtual marketing. Uh, where, where do you see the future? Where, where do you think we are in, let's call it five years? I'm going to say something that most people are going to absolutely disagree with, but I see a return. I think people think social media is going to take off and take over more of our lives. I think we're not up to a tipping point, but what you're going to see is a fraction of people come off of this. I think you're going to see people start to return to no phones. I see at times... I see people taking a turn for a normalcy to their life. I think the younger generation, while they are more, and I got a lot of young guys that work for me, um, they value time. Um, and I think that while social media is big, people will limit their app use, um, not have a six apps that they use, find one or two, and they're going to focus there. So there's more, I think people are starting to value interpersonal relationships more. I really believe we're going to come to that where you're going to have a group of people that do. Um, now, so do I think the, that... What's the marketing strategy then? Well, I think that what you have to do is be as good at shaking hands with people as you are virtually with meeting them. Um, and I think it's going to take... If you want to separate yourself, I talked to you know, um, Brian Hess is the guy's name, a paver out of PA. He was, he was here today this morning. And I told him, I have one rule. Uh, like a, a rule for my podcast is if I'm going to have him come, I wasn't, I wasn't going to have him come on virtually because I wanted to have him as a guest. You do a good job of this. If you can sit in front of somebody, you sit in front of them. Um, I want that personal relationship is going to become more important. I think people value that authenticity, as we said, um, of, of sitting across from somebody. But I know my first one is people, oh, hell you know, we're going to need more and more social media. Yeah. But I think there's some people out there that are valuing, I are saying I need to step away from this so much. I've got 14 hours. When do I go to 18 hours on on social? Um, and I think that's going to happen by people limiting which apps they use and sticking to those. Um, which is why it's even more important that you be present on all apps. You don't know what they're going to pick. One thing I definitely want to start doing in 2023 is having this podcast in person more often. It's a I know it's, it's, it's tough. You know, it's tough, but I'm not going to use any excuses. It's just something I get out. Got to just got to set it up. Got to get out there and do it. Well, especially since you're good in person, you're a dynamic individual. I think you would benefit a lot from that person sitting across from you. Um, well, I think you said it best though. You also build, cause I do, I mean, we've already met, so it's no big deal, but I, I do these interviews with people I've never met in person sometimes. And yeah, it's not the same as when you meet somebody in person and you could build that relationship just even through a podcast. Yeah, I mean, you have the advantage as well of not having a piece of sand on a lens that just ruins the entire thing. And then you have to give me shit for it. <laughs> you really, do you want to talk about that? Really no, I don't that? actually. I don't, man. I'm, build me up to be better than I am. So I'm mean, going to appreciate that. That was such a sick podcast too. It was so good. Oh, it was yeah, it was so, so good. good to give people behind the scenes. Uh, Patrick came all the way to Tampa to uh, do a podcast with me. Should've we did it on store. the beach. Beautiful background. Oh. Shoot the whole thing. Three cameras set up. He goes back and he looks at the footage and there's a big sweat stain on the across lens. your face the whole time. It wasn't like it was over in the background. I could have just gotten rid of it and edited it. I mean, I had three editors look at this and they're like, what happened here? And I was like, I was sweating everywhere and I used a towel and it didn't wipe off. Um, they're like, we can't do anything. I was like, I don't even know what to say. Listen, uh, one of, one of, uh, one of Grant Cardone's like 21 rules of success or whatever. It talks about, uh, taking, uh, not taking ownership, but, uh, taking responsibility for everything that happens. It was my idea to do the podcast out there in the hot sun. I so good. I don't blame you at all, man. I blame it was so me. beautiful. <laughs> no, it was a beautiful spot. And then I got a car accident on the way back. Isn't that how life works? Did you? Yeah, they re some lady rear-ended me, and she ended up being a wonderful person. She was pregnant, oh, um, wow. so like eight months pregnant. She doesn't see; she's distracted. I see her coming up in my rearview mirror, and I just kind of braced for impact. She was going about forty miles an hour, and um, broke everything off in the back. And then 
just so happened I, I ran I could see she was like I thought the, the worst and um I was it was whatever that road is 60 that comes right into 275 right there yep, 60 where yep. kinda, yeah where it goes around yep and, and she just didn't see that people were stopping it hits me but as I walked back to her I could see she was pregnant and then I could see she was um she was fine so I didn't know what to do I remember this fence I'm like well do I try to help her out but then I'm afraid do I if I she's she's not in pain she's telling me so I you don't want to touch anything god right. forbid i'm the one man it just gives me chills right now i'm just wow. um I, but she ended up being fine her husband was wonderful worked for the, worked for the sheriff's office she was she was great too and both were gators and we we both got through it just fine so it, it was good that's crazy um patrick tell me about some of the services that you guys provide uh that you guys how you could help uh not just contractors but you know our main audience here public adjusters what are some of the things that you guys can do yeah. So the main thing I think that a public adjuster would benefit from is us coming out there and creating content with them. Um, and that means that we don't take stock footage. It means that we go out there. We we see you inspecting the home. We video that. We mic you up and we get testimonials from people. And we try to do everything in one day. So we ask that our clients, if they want to set it all up, we'll show up there um, and we'll make you look like a rock star for a day. Um, the reason that's important, we'll take that content back. We'll edit it all in a short form content for you, give you 15 videos that you can use that you can use for promotion of yourself, your website as ads, um, and just create content out there with your audience, not in some ivory marketing tower, but really getting into the trenches with you and being out there with your people and you. What do you think is the single most important thing to becoming relevant in today's day and age? Consistency. Yeah. Most people don't want to put in. Great answer. Um, well, it's, it's the fact is that if I go to the gym once and have a great workout, I mean, that's nice, but it ain't going to change anything really in your life. The hard part now is not the technology. It's not access to whatever it is. You can, everyone can have an Instagram account and everyone can have a, a, a YouTube channel. But you know this, doing a YouTube, most people, it's three to three to 10 episodes and they're like, I'm done with this YouTube thing. And they're gone because they realize it's harder than you think to do it over and over again. And so consistency will pay dividends. You just got to be patient and delayed gratification is going to be your friend, not that instant success that you're hoping for. Well, I mean, I think people need to, I'm sure people know, I mean, it's so easy to become irrelevant on social media. It's so fast. It can happen in like two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. If you don't post anything for like two weeks, you're just like, it's like you were never there. It's crazy. It's absolutely true, man. It's a, <laughs> what have you done for me lately? Yeah. Um, it sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah. And it'll mess with your head too. I think a lot of people, oh, I want to go viral. No, you don't. I'm telling you, I tell clients, you don't want a million views. You don't because you're not ready for it. Right. You're not mentally strong enough for it. You're not mentally strong enough for 10 people to tell you how ugly you are um, or you're disgusting or that your teeth look like shit. Um, you don't want that. Uh, and so you better get a thick skin if you're going to deal with putting out, putting out videos that people are going to criticize. It, it's not easy. Um, the the so, only yeah. the only thing I don't like about social media is the FOMO that comes with it, because even I realize it. I get it sometimes, and I'm just like, oh, chill yep. the fuck out. But I think about teenagers, and I'm like, that's got to be like, that's got to be tough. We're just completely unaware, because even I get it, and it's like, because yeah, I get messages. So my team sometimes will look up different stuff and every once in a while they'll be like, I want you to do a video about this. I want you to do a reel about this. I want you to do this, this, that. And one of them was, one of them was, it was something about the crazy amounts of, of, of claims or something like that. Or maybe it was a question I got. Well, I did a reel was that don't believe this is to public adjusters out there. You know, if you guys see on social media, everybody crushing it and you're worried because you're not doing enough, don't fucking believe everything you see on social media. Okay. Cause if you're out there, if you're grinding and you're doing what you have to do, don't worry, it'll come to you if it hasn't already. And you're probably doing better than way more than half of the people you think are doing better than you on social media. Cause it's such a mind fuck. Well, the big thing that I'm hot on right now um, is I am so sick and tired of seeing people ask stupid questions in order to garner attention on social media. If I hear one more, I mean, I am, I don't comment ever. For example, so What's the, what's the best CRM for my company? And they get 70 <laughs> questions. Well, you know what? That's a great damn question to ask for two reasons. Oh, One, you think they did it just for attention, just to get a bunch of comments? Yes. <laughs> yes. 
because they have nothing else to do and to offer but to ask a dumb question. And hopefully what they'll defend it with is that individuals, I just want to start the conversation for people who are unsure. Well, let me tell you what you've really done. You've opened up your mouth and shown that you don't know what CRM to use and you've done zero research. But then two, if I'm your competition and I'm ever going against you, I'm going to pull that out and go, listen, I mean, you can go with them, but they don't even understand their own technology. You just proved me you don't understand your business and you're trying to understand it by 70 comments who not only don't understand their business, but they may actively want you to fail. I've never seen stupider stuff in my life than people. What, what's the best way to pay a rep um, when they're a 1099? Do you withhold up a bow? Or are you, how about you figure it out? Um, how about you open up or you find a group of people that have a business similar to yours who have your best interest at heart and try to get the real answer, not try to get yourself attention for people who don't care about you in the first place. It is such a bunch of BS and I can't stand it. I think you should comment with like everything that you just said right now, how you think it's bullshit and then send a picture of yourself jacked with only a tie on. Oh, I mean, that would, and I'll send the They'll video. Be fucking look, terrified. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I see it every day. I log, it's the same people asking the same stupid questions. Yeah. And I'm like, and then, oh, Lord, uh, it just really bothers me. But I continue to watch it and I just make notes to myself as I run into these people that, okay, I see where you're at. And yeah, you but, know, you know, that takes me to like just really shitty content. I mean, there's, there's just so much shitty content. You know, Gary V. Is was my coach, right? And crushing it, where he's just like, just give away the give away the secrets. You know why? Because there are no secrets. Give it away, give it away. And when people need somebody in your service, in your sphere, they're gonna come to the guy that gave them the secrets, or they're gonna come to the guy that knows the secrets. And then I thought about it. Every book that we read where it helps every self-help book about business, about life, about coaching, about whatever it is, it's that person giving us, don't you ever feel sometimes you're reading a book and you're just like, oh my God, this is such good, great information. So like, come on, I don't understand. I used to get that all the time. I don't get it anymore, but I used to get it all the time. Why are you doing this? Why are you giving it away? Why are you giving away? What do you mean? I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm like the public adjuster's adjuster right now. Everybody comes to me and their clients and other clients and all that stuff. The roofers come to me because they just see my stupid face all over the place because I'm the one who's giving away all the information. Not that hard. You are right. You are. And plus your events are second to none, man. The events that you put on, man, those are sick. I mean, I don't know. You missed the last one. Last one was sick. I know. I know. But you're sick, bro. Um, Who was I talking to two days ago about you, uh, about your events? Because they were saying, man, I want to get with Vince. God, it's going to come to me. Where have I been? Was it a roofer? Yes, and it was at a Fort Fort Myers town hall. Oh, even better. I I got because I I vividly I remember the conversation. You you could keep thinking about it if you don't get it, but that's exactly what you're saying is exactly it, right? It's just, and then the other thing that I've read. I got it. I got it. I got it. Noble public adjusting. It was actually noble public adjusting. Oh, noble. and so it was one of their guys with Noble and they were trying to say like, Hey, listen, we need to do more like Vince does. We've been to his stuff. And I mean, like, I'm like, yeah, man, the guy packs houses. Um, so, uh, it's really special, but yeah, no, someone, I don't remember the guy's name, but Noble Public Adjusting. Too, yeah. But, right. and it's like I said, so in the beginning I was, I was very torn. I think it was you that helped me. I think I thought you probably don't remember. It was like a quick thing I had asked you and you gave me your quick opinion. And it was just like, I was always like sort of concerned because my audience is, is the social media stuff. A lot of my audience is public adjusters. that get a lot of benefit of it, but it's like, how does that turn into actual claims? Uh, And you were just like, you're just like, no, dude, just keep doing it. Cause you're like the guy, you're the guy, whether your target audience is public adjusters or, or clients or roofers or contract, whatever it is, you are just, you're the guy. So it doesn't matter who really is that you're speaking to. Although you should have somebody that you're speaking to, you're still going to be eventually getting that credibility, which is what you ultimately need in any kind of industry that you're in so that you ultimately get more referrals and grow your business. And it's just got nothing but up in the last two years. That's great. You know what else I love, man, is your name. I think like your name just screams guy who gives out information like a, like, who'd you listen to? I was listening to Vince Perry. Like, it's like, Oh shoot. Yeah. I like that guy. My kids is, I think my son's is better. He's Max really? Perry. Oh, yeah. I mean, he definitely coached on that one. But then again, you did it to yourself on that one. <laughs> His name is Max Vince Perry. Oh, yeah. What are the initials? Oh, nice. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> nice. Pretty cool. All right. So I like to end every podcast with Patrick. What's what? What do we have to look forward for you? Where do you see yourself for the next five years? 
What's what like? Where do you see yourself? And where do you see your business? Where do you see your show? Where do you, where where are you going, Rent? Where are you, where are you going in the next five years? So you know, there's a cap on going out there and creating content. If I've got to be out there with people, I only got a limited amount of time to do that. The cat's my business. And I don't like that. So we're going to be spending a lot more time on social media apps with long form content, uh, YouTube, Apple, Spotify. And here's my thing. I want everyone, I believe that if you're not involved with rumble right now, you're making a big mistake. Um, here's the thing. You can put a YouTube video up. It will automatically go to rumble. So it takes you zero extra work. When you download rumble, you can just say transfer from YouTube. It'll take all your previous videos and all your new videos to go right over to rumble. Here's the reason why, what I think is going in the next couple of years. YouTube, they can demonetize you, get rid of you like you are nothing. You matter nothing to YouTube. With Rumble, you don't have that. I can put all controversial material on Rumble. Anybody who cusses a lot, I can put them over to Rumble. Um, and as the elections get closer, everyone, people are going to be looking for a place to express their ideas and not have to worry about being deplatformed. Rumble will be that for long-form content. I say get involved now. Start to build yourself over. And if you already have a YouTube channel, it'll transfer all of your YouTube videos over too. So you got nothing to lose. Rumble, in my opinion, is going to be big. I'm looking at it right now. It looks just like YouTube. Looks just like YouTube. You got to pay a little bit of money because they don't have the servers that YouTube does. So depending on how much content, but we're talking like 20 bucks a month of unlimited stuff. Um, and uh, we, I think it's going to be very big as the election pursues in 2024. You want to be on there, have some kind of presence to start drawing people in. Also, Vince, I'll say this. If you start a YouTube channel for your business, but you also want to have some controversial stuff that maybe you have some opinions that you know you think could be a little bit too much for YouTube, take the thumbnail, throw it to your social, and send people over to Rumble for your more spicy material or stuff you want to say about an insurance company uh. or you so if you want to say like, hey, are all states the worst or whoever you want to say, throwing a name out, but you want to go into it, YouTube, that could get you censored. Rumble, you can send people there to hear your real opinion on a subject. Let's put it that way and not have to worry about it. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, we're going to get on it. Rumble. Yeah. Interesting. Is it the same way? Same concept? Thumbnail, upload, pretty much just the same uh, tags and all that good stuff? Only difference is that the thumbnails are one by one instead of a 16 by nine. It's just a square instead of uh -huh. a, that's why if you look at my social media, I always come out with a square that says new episode and underneath it, it has the Apple, Spotify and uh, everything on it. I just take that thumbnail, throw it over to rumble and uh, then it automatically transfers from YouTube. Patrick, we're going to have all your stuff below, but where can people find you? Yeah. Best ways through Instagram, uh, Patrick underscore R underscore car or the blue collar media group. Best way to find me is right there. And of course, the Patrick Carr Show um, on YouTube. We appreciate anybody who wants to join and follow. Uh, as you know, Vince, those things mean a lot um, because uh, those views and people caring about what you're putting out gives us a little confidence. It's so true. I like how you put that. It's nice. It's nice. It's nice. It feels good. So please, I mean, it does mean something, all right? It feels good to us. Just watch for a minute or two. That's all. Yeah. Patrick, hey. thanks for coming on, man. Uh, I can't wait to see you again. Every time I see you, we always have a nice conversation. Always have a good time. So I appreciate you coming on, taking the time. I know you're a busy person. And uh, I'll see you at the next conference, man. Thank you for everything you do, Vince, for the industry. It means a lot. You put you put a lot of hard work and effort to I hope people understand how much it is behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. And everyone who surrounds you, good people too. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. All right. See you later, man. Bye, everybody.